Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. Good morning. Amen. I'm happy to be here in front of you today. I appreciate the opportunity, every chance I get to talk with you through the Word of God. I think the Word of God is powerful life. Anybody believe that with me? Okay. I think if we find God through His Word, uh, it opens up things for us and breaks barriers in our lives. So I want to talk with you today about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sounds pretty simple, but I need you to follow along with me because it ain't that simple in my mind. And I want to try to deliver it simply, okay? I want to start off with, I want to ask if the worship team would just come back for a minute. Can I do that? The gospel of Jesus Christ, I could translate that word, the good news of Jesus. Jesus is good news. And I want us to understand the good news part of it. But there was something happening in this song, Oh, How I Love You. And I just want us to get in tune real quickly to the word of God. Because, oh, how I love you is your words back to God. It's what you want, okay? So is that okay? Can we just get in tune for the word with that song just one more time? Oh, how I love you, however you want to start it. If everybody don't mind just worshiping with us for a second, is that okay? I just want you to turn your hearts over to God for just a few more minutes, okay? attention we see your signs and everything we thank you that your love is from the beginning to the end it never fails us and God we sit here before you today because we love you and we want to hear from you now open up our hearts and our minds remove every barrier God free our thinking that we may know you more perfectly Thine is the kingdom. Thine is the power. Thine is the glory. Be exalted today, O God, that the words of our mouth 
and the meditations of our heart be acceptable unto you. Show yourself strong and mighty. In the name of our Savior and our Lord, Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you, worship team. The Bible says God is looking for some folks to show himself strong in. I really believe that City Church, City Life Church is a place where if we allow God, he'll show up in some big ways. How many of you believe that with me? The song you were singing was hopefully very personal to you. Oh, how I love him. No one can say that for you. You have to say that for yourself. Is that right? How many of you love him? The Bible says we love him, and I know this is true for me. I love him because he first loved me. The love you have for God is a response to the love God has for you. If you and I adequately understand how he loves us, we respond adequately. Does that make sense? I have a theory. My theory is if you can cooperate with the way things are designed, the way God designed it, you can maximize it. You get the most out of it. Does that make any sense? If you and I could cooperate with the way God has designed things, we can then flourish and prosper in it. How many of you know God wants you to prosper? God wants to bless your life. His whole intention is to give you life. So much so that Jesus said it's abundantly he wants to give it. Is that right? Now, you and I can't even imagine what that is. We know what it is to be comfortable, and we have our ideals, but God says, the thoughts I have towards you, they are well beyond your thoughts. The things I want to do for you, eyes have not seen them. Ears have not heard them. I want to blow your mind. How many of you know that? How many of you know that in the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. How many of you know that? You believe that? Listen, I'm not into how it happened. I don't care. I don't care if he did it with a bang or he did it one brick at a time or however he did it. I'm not arguing that. But I believe God created it. Anybody with me? And according to the Bible, the Bible says he did it by speaking. In the beginning, God said. Is that right? That's the first demonstration of the power of the Word of God. You get that? Amen. How many of you know His Word has power? Yes. If it has power to create a universe, it has power to save. Got that? Yes. Right now, I just want to lay a couple of facts for you before I build the point about the gospel of Jesus. God created the universe. He designed it. He designed it to work a specific way. The Bible says, if you look in Hebrews I believe that's Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. It says all of the universe is upheld by his word. How many of you believe that? Think about it then. If the universe is upheld by his word, that means that the universe operates according to his word. How many of you know that God is all-powerful? And if an all-powerful God says a thing, the thing becomes a law. If God said it, it's a law. It works from now to eternity. The Bible says, God said, let the sun rule over the day and the moon rule over the night, and it still does. The Bible said the moon should be for times and seasons and things so men can measure and celebrate, and they use the moon for that. Is that right? Whatever God said is how the universe works. Does that make any sense? You follow me? These are called laws. Scientists call them 
scientific laws. There are laws of gravity. How many of you know the one that uh, that guy said, you, got, you guys are smarter than me, he said an object in motion tends to stay in motion. Who said that? He right. He right. How many of you know, I, I, I've heard of it, I don't know it, Einstein's theory of relativity. He right. No need to argue, because God put it there. Science is only observing what God has already created. Don't argue it's there. It's right. How many of you know the law of reciprocity? Reciprocity. How many of you heard of that? What does it mean? You reap what you sow. How many of you know God said that? How many of you know it's the same principle no matter what you call it? If it's called karma, okay, I ain't mad at you. If it's some old folk tale saying what goes around comes around, I'm okay with that. It's still you reap what you sow. How many of you know God put that law in the universe? If that law is alive in the universe, then the universe demands payment for every action and word that a man does. Hmm. There's no getting away without paying what is owed or reaping what is sowed. Hey, that could be a wrap. There's no getting away from it. You understand that? What a man sows, that will he reap. You don't have to be in church for that to work. That just works. Is that right? Whatever you call it, it's coming back to you. Is that right? No getting away from it. God designed it that way. The universe keeps an account, a record of what you owe. I feel you. How many of you know God designed man as well? God designed human beings. Do you believe it? How many of you know there's a faculty of your mind that also keeps a count and a record of your wrong? How many of you know that there's a built-in accountant in your heart, and you know the debt you owe? It's called your conscience. Is that right? There are five faculties of your mind. Please remember them. There are five faculties of the mind. The imagination. Got that? The rational. The memory the will, and the conscious. Which one of those tells you when you're right? Conscious. Which one of those tells you when you're wrong? Which one of those tells you when you should do differently? Which one of those helps you make decisions? So you're getting confused now, right? <laughs> in the beginning, God created Adam and Eve, put them in the garden. Is that right? And God walked with Adam in the cool of the day, and God and Adam were connected. God didn't have a body. How did he walk? Well, anyway. He walked with Adam. Adam and God were tied together through their conscience. Adam could make good decisions because he was directly connected to God. Got that? You understand me? When he sinned in the garden and went against God's will, he broke the conscious link between man and God. Sin is not what you have done as an individual as much as it is what mankind did through Adam. You with me? Now, that don't excuse your sins individually, but it didn't start with what you did wrong. It started with how Adam broke the link. When God spoke and said, you should not eat of the tree, there were two trees, and there was one physical person. But in that one physical person existed every human being. And when God said, do not eat of the tree. He was talking to humanity. Not that one man who messed it up for everybody else. Talking to every person that was in Adam. You with me so far? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to get you there. Just stay with me. Tracking, right? When God told him, don't eat of it, 
God didn't want him to go off on his own and experience failure, but he did it anyway. And from that point on, if you follow the history of the Bible, men's conscience became less and less aware of God's righteousness. From that point on, you saw Cain made a decision. And before he made it, God said to him, Cain, what's that on your face? You're looking confused. Why is your countenance down? And Cain wasn't honest, but God knew what was going on. He said, don't you know that sin crouching at your door? But you have the power to rule over it. And Cain got up and made his own decision and went and killed his brother. He couldn't do what was right according to God because now he was working out of his own righteousness. You with me? Conscious is the guide for human beings in doing what's planted in the universe as God's righteousness. Righteousness upholds the universe. God created everything in righteousness. The sun does right. The flowers do right. The trees do right. All of them do what they were supposed to do. Just just us. I'm going to quote a couple more scriptures because it might help you. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, By faith we understand the universe was formed by the word of God. 1 and 3 says it was upheld by his word. You can write those down and look at them. And then Romans chapter 1 verse 22 It's an interesting verse because it says, everything you need to know about God, I'm paraphrasing, you can see it through the things that God made. Human beings are in a place where they have to make some decisions, but conscience is the link between the morality of a man and the spiritual righteousness of God. But when a man's conscience has done wrong, it becomes darkened. Think about it. When a man's conscience is guilty, he makes all kinds of terrible mistakes. What's the first thing Adam did when he sinned? Ran and hid. Guilty consciences try to hide. They try to deal with their wrong. They try to cover their debt before it gets discovered. They try to pay for it if they can before anyone finds out. They try to put it back before mother misses it. They try to act like they've never dipped into it. Because when the conscience is wrong, man runs off on his own and tries to find a way to deal with it. At the same time, he desires to live. So he's trying to do both. He's trying to live and deal with his wrongs. Suicide is high in America. Murder is high in America. Because people with heavy consciences don't know what to do. Guilt conscious will cause you all kinds of trouble. It'll push you to the brink of your darkest self. Why? Because God is light. Most of us, if you did wrong, you even hate to look at your Bible, if you're anything like me. You hate to look at something about God. You hate to talk to God when you know you're guilty. Hmm, heavy conscience. And most of us have a hard time with salvation because we know some things we're still wrong in. Are you saved? I think so. Tell me what you mean. Well, I mean, I, it's, it's, I still do wrong. I mean, I mean, I believe in God, but I'm still wrong. The world, the world you live in right now is in a major dilemma over the question of right and wrong. It's the biggest thing going on in our nation. They can't tell what's right and what's wrong. Should gays be in the military? Is there anything wrong with a man marrying a man? Is drinking wrong? Is marijuana wrong? It's the biggest thing going on in your world. And the church doesn't have an answer. 
Why? Because morally, we are confused. Because you can't get moral clarity at the human level. It's impossible. Righteousness comes only from God. That's why Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. We like that part, but we don't talk about and his righteousness. God's righteousness is the only way to life. How do you know that? How many of you know when Adam sinned, he fell into death? You know that. The results of his sin was death. Let me straighten out something just in case you're thinking it that way. Death is not God's punishment to sin. Can you say that in church, Tony? God told him, you shall surely die. Yeah, he did. That was a warning. God does not punish you with death. You need me to prove it? Come on, don't be shy. You need me to prove it? Come on, don't be shy. We all together. We human beings. We all trying to get there together. If you need me to prove it, just say, prove it. In the book of Ezekiel, this scripture is in, I forget the chapter, verse 32, okay? Ezekiel chapter, I think it's chapter 13, but don't quote me. I'll find it in a second. He says to the preacher, you say I'm not fair, but if a man, if a man who is doing wrong turn from his wrong and do right and die, he'll be judged for the right he does. And if a man who lives right but turns and starts doing wrong dies in the wrong he does, he'll be judged for the wrong he did. I, said the Lord, have no pleasure in the death of people. God takes no pleasure in watching people die. God is life. In him there is no darkness. He has no pleasure. He gets nothing out of it. You understand that? Death was the result of disobeying, going outside of God's righteousness. Every time you get faced with the challenge and you go outside of God's righteousness, you will find death because life is only found within his righteousness. Why? Because he created the heavens and the earth for life. And he created by his own rules and upholds it with his own word so that the earth obeys God's word. What a man sow, he reaps. Give it back to him tenfold. God said that. So if you sow righteousness, you reap righteousness. Does that make any sense? God has created the universe so when you follow righteousness, it rewards you with life. But man sinned. And from that point on, the uh, depravity of man increases. He gets worse and worse till it gets to a point where God said, I got to destroy it and start over. And he calls a flood and he calls Noah to build an ark. And the Bible says, Noah's the only one I found righteous. What does that mean? He was wrong, but God found him righteous because he followed God's instructions. By faith, he did what God said. He had enough awareness in his conscience to hear God and act on it independently, even if he found no support. You follow me so far? Right? When God wants to speak to you, he don't speak to you through your intellect. Intellect informs you just like imagination informs you. Will informs you. Your conscience informs you. And your emotions inform you. But you have to make the decision. Got that? You and I are so overwhelmed by the confusion and the misdirection and the darkness in our conscience that it's hard for us to make decisions. That has nothing to do with the choice set before you. It has to do with the fact that you and I can't see righteousness. We can't see it. 
I think I see it here, and I start following it, and I miss something over there. You follow me? I know this ain't good news yet, is it? <laughs> Ow! It's a setup for the good news. Because, listen, everywhere you go, people are asking you as believers, what makes your faith the right one? Is that right? And most of us don't have an answer. What makes what you believe the right way and everybody else is the wrong way? And most of us don't have an answer. Would it be okay if you left here today with an answer? Is that okay? It's a simple answer. I'm no genius. It's in the book. I might look like one today. But it's in the book. You have a book? Anybody have a Bible? It's in there. I'm going to show it to you. But it's really important that you understand. The way the universe works, everything that you encounter goes through the faculties of your mind and are judged by your conscience as should you do it, should you not. Is it right or is it wrong? Is it good or is it bad? Hebrews says you can't make decisions unless you've exercised your senses through reason of use to be able to tell the difference between good and evil. In other words, the conscience is a weak thing now. And even after you've been saved, you must strengthen your conscience. You must exercise yourself in making choices and seeing the results and going through that so you can understand how to discern good from evil. I have not left the Holy Spirit out. I'm just not talking about it yet, just in case. Okay? I'm going I'm to show you where the Holy Spirit is in this in just a moment. But I need you to hear me right now. You hear it? Okay? Because this is a human condition. God can turn your life around in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. How many of you believe that? Your body and my body are sometimes sick, the Bible says, because of our sins. Let me give you a general ideal of that rather than a specific. I don't know your sins. It may not be drinking beer or whatever it is. It might be that. I don't know. But if you're walking around with a guilty conscience, it affects your health. If your conscience is not free, the truth is what makes you free. If your conscience is not free, you're going through life trying to do something you don't have to try to do anymore. Why? Because Jesus did it. I'm going to tell you what he did. You ready for it? Quit teasing me, Tony. Take me there. <laughs> All right. I need you to be in your Bibles now. Go to the book of Hebrews. Bible scholars know that when you study the Bible, there are, depending on the school of thought, seven dispensations. Right, Bible scholars? The dispensation of innocence, which only lasted from creation of Adam to the fall of Adam, they say. The dispensation of conscience where Adam and Eve and those people were left to live by what they thought was right and make some decisions, and that didn't work too well. And then the dispensation of government, where God gave people control to tell them what's right and what's good and what's wrong. Now, there was no law during this period. The law didn't come till Moses, right? So how did people know what was right and wrong before Moses? Conscious. Got it? Then he had some people to say, hey, your conscience might not be accurate, but that's wrong. That was called government, right? So you and I have always, God has always instituted a plan to help us find righteousness. You follow me? We see these as dispensations. At first, he was innocent. He linked with God. God, that's what you want me to do? Oh, cool, cool. And he just did it. Only one thing God said, don't do. And he ended up doing that anyway. And if you notice... The enemy, Satan, tricked his mind through Eve. He tricked her mind, confused over what God said, and made her feel like God was withholding something, and that's how he got her. The dispensation after government is law. 
God gave the commandments. Got that? He gave the commandments because he wanted people to understand him and his righteousness. I'm a holy God, so thou shalt have no other God before me. I need you to understand me and how I work and how to relate to me and how to work, uh, relate to creation. You got that? And after the law came this dispensation we call grace. That's where we are. Got it? Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. Please look at it because Tony didn't write this. Please look at it. Find somebody you can look at it with. Now, only do that if you want to be right. And that was on purpose I said that. Because I think when I hear you say, oh, how I love you, that's a group of people who want to be right with God. Am I right? When I see you on Sunday morning, after Sunday morning, it's because I'm really hoping it's because you want to be right with God. Is that right? Right? Okay. The difference between our worship as a Christian and the worship of every other religion will become apparent when you see this. We worship differently. If you're not there yet today, I hope that this message will make you say to yourself, I need to get right with God. Pastor Steve preached last week that salvation don't happen just because you're in the church. You can't just be here and say, okay, I'm saved, because that doesn't free your conscience. I'll show you what it does in a minute. Going to church and reading your Bible and trying not to go out and do things wrong doesn't do anything for you. So I hope today when you finish hearing the message, that I would be able to say everyone in here has accepted the work of Jesus Christ. Man, what a powerful thing. Man, what a powerful thing. It doesn't appear yet, but I hope it does. Hebrews chapter 9, verse number 9. Someone who has a little voice and don't mind reading out loud, would you read this verse on the screen for me out loud, please? Yes. All right, scripture, these sacrifices and offerings from the Old Testament, the Old Testament rituals and washings and ceremonies were an illustration. Look at it. They could never clean your conscience. That's why you got to do it every week. Because if it could clean your conscience, you could go in one time and be done. It wasn't designed to make you right with God. You got that? Let me put it into modern terms. Coming to church won't clean your conscience. It's just an illustration. Paying tithes don't clean your conscience. Men do all kinds of things to clean their conscience. It all fits in that category. I don't care if it's staying away from church. It's a religion that won't clean your conscience. I don't care if it's bowing down at the wall saying Hail Mary's three times a day, five days a week, whatever you do, it won't clean your conscience. Every religion, every attempt at religion fits in this category. Every one of them. Whether you go to church or not, believe in God or not, you are doing things trying to clean your conscience. And it will never clean your conscience. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Never. Drink all you want to. It doesn't clean your conscience. Smoke it up till you can't come down. It won't clean your conscience. Pay and do good for old ladies and dogs. Save trees, recycle. It will never clean your conscience. Never. It's in this category. Doesn't matter if you do it more than me. Your conscience is still not clean. You with me? The universe is designed that it has to have an acceptable payment 
for the sins you and I commit. Got me? I don't care how many good things I do. It won't work. I work with this Muslim guy. He was such an enlightening thing. We're selling cars, and, you know, we are commissioned. So when it's time to sell, you got to get your guy. You got to get that sale, and we're competitive. And he's Muslim, so I start there. He would disappear every day for a few hours. And I was like, Skip, Skip, Skip. I didn't know how his name was Skip first, but Skip, where you go every day? He says, oh, according to my faith, I have to go pray at a certain time of the day every day. I went, oh, man, what devotion. I'm a Christian, and I won't do that to miss a sale. <laughs> this dude would take time. If a sale coming, he'd go, no, nope, no, nope, you take it. I got to go pray. And he'd go into the office. Somehow or another, he'd convince them to let him go into the office, lay out a mat, and pray like that every day. And he was faithful to it. And I'm convicted because I'm a Christian. Man, I don't, ooh, I don't do that. Isn't he more pious and more closer to God than me because he does that? He thought so. And as talking to him about it, I learned that even if a dog, he told me if a dog with a wet nose touched him, he had to go home because he was unclean. I'm like, the nose of the dog? He went, yes. So if a customer has a dog, I won't help him because I'm afraid the dog would touch me and I had to be unclean for a day and a half. And I'm going, Skip, Skip, come on, really? Who's watching you? He said, nobody. I just know it myself. I said, all right. You're really devoted. Now, listen, I know some things that are wrong, but I ain't going home if I did them wrong or they did me wrong because I'm at work. I'm thinking this guy got more dedication to his God than I do. He thought so too. One day, me and Skip out. He's working. I'm working. And I go outside, and I see something that shocked me. Skip is sitting upside the wall doing this. He's smoking. And I went, Skip, 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 skip. Isn't smoking unclean? Just like the dog's nose? Skip went, yeah, it is. <laughs> I said, but you're doing it. He said, yeah. I said, don't you have to go home? He went, well, it doesn't do no good to go home because I'm going to still smoke. I said, skip, skip, I'm confused. You pray every day, you, you go home for this. What do you mean you can't go home because of smoking? Aren't you supposed to stop that unclean thing? He said, yeah, but I, I, I've tried. You don't know how many times I've tried and I can't do it. And I'm sitting there looking and I'm going, whoa, skip, I asked. What does your God say about you? What a question. Skip says, you know, I don't know. I don't know what he says. I say, is this wrong? Skip goes, yeah, but we all have something we can't get over. Something that traps us. I said, what do you do about that, Skip? Skip says, well, that's why I pray like that every day. And that's why I go home when the dog nose touch me. Because I know I got this one in my way. And I'm hoping when I get there, Allah will see my good works and let this one go. I said, Skip. I said, I was a little envious of you at first, but now I'm so happy. <laughs> Listen, the difference between what you have and what every other religion has is you have something to take away your sins. You're not just forgiven. You're free. No religion other than ours has a way to take away sins. I don't know about you, but that feels good to me. God had a plan from the beginning to take away sin, to restore the conscious connection between him, his righteousness, and the morality of mankind. God started the plan 
before Adam sinned and delivered it unto you and I. He gave us illustrations because those who want to be right demonstrated that by keeping the laws, right? You demonstrate you want to be right by doing the things you know are supposed to be done. But that was, that was required until the real answer shows up. I'm going to fix it. I ain't lost none of you yet. So those of you who are religious and done studied this stuff, wait on me. Okay? Put Hebrews uh, chapter 9 back up. Someone who got a little courage, read verse 10 for me. For that old system deals only with food and drink and various cleansing ceremonies, physical regulations that were in effect only until a better system could be established. That old system was only in place until when? Until when? Until when? Go with me to Hebrews chapter 2. Someone ready to read this one for me if you don't mind? Get ready. Read it out loud for me whenever you're ready. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Think about this. The reason your faith works is because the bill and the debt you and I owed was a human debt. It takes a human to pay for it. And the universe would never be still. The laws of God would never be satisfied till it's paid. Got it? It will not accept the blood of goats. It needs human blood. It won't accept the blood of bulls. It needs human blood. No matter how many doves you bring... It won't settle the debt. It requires human blood. Got it? And I don't want to pay it. How about you? As a matter of fact, because I continually sin, I would have to continually offer because my blood is not clean. Is that right? So in order for the debt to be paid, it had to be from a person, a human being who did not owe a debt. So since there was none... God himself became one. Got that? Jesus, the man, is the only way that the debt could have been paid. Got it? What did he do according to this verse? He then breaks the power, what? Of the devil, who what? Who had the power of death. The wages of sin is he lords over your conscience with death. You're wrong. They're going to reject you. They're not going to like you. They're going to get you. You're going to be rejected. You're not going to be accepted. You're going to go to hell. You, God's not going to like you. God is punishing you. God is doing this to you. That's your fault. He lords over you with the sphere of death because you know you have a guilty conscience. You can't tell people that. No one's going to understand that. You can't say that. What are they going to think of you if you say that? He blackmails you with the fear of death because of a guilty conscience. Are you following me? How many of you follow me? What Jesus Christ does, he breaks the power of the devil over your life, but you must believe three things. I'm going to give you the three things. You ready? You must believe in the person of Jesus Christ, that God became human being without sin. As a man, a real man, not as an angel. If you need more proof, read Hebrews. Not as an angel, but as a human being. You must believe in the person of Jesus Christ. Because no other religion has a man that was qualified or even took the opportunity to pay for sin. 
That's why your religion is the right one, because sin must be paid for. Got it? You're not right because you're a Christian. You are made right. Got it? Man, I'm not mad at people got other religions. It means they are looking for God. It means they want him. It means they're trying because they know they have a debt. So I said to Skip, I'm happy. Let me tell you why I'm happy. I'm happy because you're doing everything right. You just don't know how to pay for your debt. I know a way for your debts to be paid for. Skip goes, what do you mean? I said, the same God you are trying to please has already taken an action to pay for the sins that keep holding you back because of a guilty conscience. He brought down a man from heaven, put him in a body as a human being named Jesus, who was innocent and hadn't done no sin. And he went to a cross on what we celebrate next Sunday as Easter, died for you to pay the sins, rose up to show you you have power for life now, and sits at the right hand of God's majesty, waiting on the day till you and him are totally reconnected. But before you can be totally reconnected, you got to reconnect at the conscious level. If you really want to get right with God, the first place is to let him pay your bill. Everything you're doing won't work. Listen, your frustrations, your dissatisfactions, your disappointments, your trying but failing and trying not to give up but getting tired, that's because you're still holding on to stuff you can't pay for. I'm appealing to you today. You're not designed to carry that load. You're not made for that. You're made for life. That's why you try to escape pain as fast as you can. God created you to have joy. But you can't have joy when you're in debt. Here's the good news. The debt ain't just because of what you've done and are doing. It's sometimes because of what's been done to you. And most of the time, it's just because you're human. Quit fighting to justify it. We all have it. No matter how tall you are, how handsome or beautiful you are, you owe God. No matter how much money you have or don't have, you owe God. I don't care if you don't do any wrong right now as far as you're concerned. One, your measurements are off. But two, you're just wrong. Until you line up with God's righteousness, you're wrong. Now, Holy Spirit, when men confess their sins to God and clear their conscience, God's got a clear path to connect them to him through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the guiding light for our decision-making while we're here because we can't see God clearly because I still got residual sins in my life, effects of sin in my life. I got things that happen because of sin that still impairs my vision. You with me? So God, Jesus says, I am the light. What does he mean? The only faculty in your mind that needs light is the conscious. He's the way for you to see how to make right choices. God is the means of making good decisions. But it starts when you and him link together because you can hear the voice of God in your inner voice conscious telling you this is right, that's wrong, and you obey it. When you obey it, you strengthen your own. You become more sensitive to God. And the Holy Spirit then has more power. Then he can do what he wants to do, which is restore you, which is heal you, which is give you the gifts of life. I'm challenging and appealing to you today. Listen, I can't judge you. Nothing I could do. I delivered the message. Thank goodness Brett said I get a reward anyway. But I'm appealing to you. You can't play church. It doesn't work. It's frustrating. You'll get mad at church and church people, and you'll get run away, and you never want to deal with it again. But can you imagine what it would be like to be in a church full of people who are all free in their conscience? 
they're not trying to protect themselves anymore, or watch out for number one, they're free. Yeah, we got to wrestle through how we apply the scriptures to some choices, but that's what we get together and talk for. Because today I'm appealing to you. Today is a good day to get your bills paid. The good news of Jesus Christ is there's a human being who's already paid them if you will accept it. While the music plays, that's on you. You get to make that decision. So here's what I want to do. When the music starts to play, whatever song they're going to play, if your conscience is already clean, at whatever point you feel like it, just stand up. If your conscience is today, you're accepting it as being clean because you're accepting the work of Christ. Whenever you're ready, stand up, and we'll worship together on the way out of here. Let me make this last point. The difference between our worship and the worship of every other religion is every other religion is worshiping, trying to become approved. You and I worship because we're already approved. We sit here rejoicing, not so God can do something because he's already done it. Other worships are because they're looking for God to do something for them. So they bring their prayers and their shouts and their songs, trying to get God to act on their behalf. That's not us. We sing because we're already free. We worship because we already got it. We praise because it's already done. So whenever you're ready, at whatever level you are accepting that payment for your sins, it's up to you. But I hope you'll hear it. And when the time is right, you'll stand. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 